Hello and welcome to Plotrists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Lord I Left by Scarlett Peckham. That was published this year, a couple of months ago in 2020, and it is number three in the Secrets of Charlotte Street series. We previously reviewed the first book in this series, which was The Duke I Tempted. And we both um, hated it, like a lot. Yeah, and I would, the biggest problems with that book were um, like plot and writing and characters. Basically, you know, everything. <laughs> and so after that book, I was done with Scarlet Peckham. I appreciate that it was a first book that a lot of the problems could be attributed to her editor, but just like her sensibilities about what was erotic yeah. were so different than mine that I was determined to never read her again. Yeah, and I, if you actually, if you re-listen to the episode, or if you have never listened to it, if you listen to it, you will hear that at the end I said that I would give her another chance, and Lane said, absolutely not, uh, never. And so I read um, the second in the in the series, The Earl I Ruined, which I did not love. And then I read The Lord I Left, which I actually really, really liked. And I liked it so much that I said, Lane, you're going to really like this. Like, you should read it. I think she really improved. This is really good. Um, and I, first of all, I, I overhyped it. And second of all, I completely misunderstood my reading buddy because um, reader, she didn't like it. <laughs> This was the perfect storm of things I particularly hate. Right. Um, and we'll, we'll get into the specifics, but I am really grossed out by feet. <laughs> yes. He has a foot thing. Kind of, yeah. Kind like his biggest fantasy involves washing feet like Jesus. And like, I, I threw up in my mouth twice during that scene. Like, I can't stress to you how vitriolic my response. The one time I got a pedicure, my, I was with my mother and the uh, beautician was flicking my calves while laughing at my mom to like illustrate how tense I was. Yeah. Like I was physically so not relaxed. I was like keeling in on myself. It was, it's bad. I don't, I can't do feet and I can't do washing feet like that. Oh my God. I'm physically sick thinking about it. Um, well, all, all, I will tell you, I didn't know that. So I'm sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, my bad for not telling you. Um, I, she thinks of herself and he describes her several times as a girl, which yeah. is a giant pet peeve of mine, especially in sexual situations. Um, and unlike Meg, I do have a priest thing. And I love the concept of corrupting priests. And I felt like this book ended up being more of an allegory for two things, for discussions, modern discussions of sex workers, which I think is handled very poorly. Yes. And, I and a discussion of, in modern times, from what I've read in religious circles, there's a lot of discussion about what it means to be a good Christian. Mm -hmm. Basically, would Jesus have literally interpreted all of the things listed as vices or sins in the Bible as inherently making someone irredeemable or does that inherent concept of irredeemability undermine what Jesus taught? And I cannot tell you how much that conversation in the modern day pisses me off, how irrelevant I think it is and how offensive I find it as a concept. 
Mm-hmm. And this is coming from someone who, full disclosure, raging atheist over here. But, like, this book was everything that annoyed me when I was forced to go to church, yeah. combined with, like, one of the things that disgusts me most in the world, in feet, combined with one of the sexual things that I find very bothersome in historical romance, which is, like, the infantilizing right. of women. And so um, I enjoyed not a single word of this. Yeah, we will. We'll talk about it. So actually, so this book talks, uh, as you can guess, or as you have heard a lot about religion, what it means, what faith means to a person. Uh, I will. I think we should start off perhaps by disclosing that we're both atheists. Yes. Um, neither of us go to church, neither of us believe in God, um, and neither of us have a personal relationship with our Savior. Uh, so that's <laughs> something that maybe you would like to know before we start discussing it. We do have different takes on it, because as I said, I actually loved this book. I, I still really, really like it. Uh, Lane did not. So oh, we can did I not make that clear? I can keep reiterating <laughs> In case you it. were wondering, she didn't like this book. Let's, let's, read, the, let's read the jacket. He's a minister to whores. She's a fallen woman. Lord Lieutenant Harry Eversham is an evangelical reformer charged with investigating the flesh trade in London. His visits to body houses leave him with a burning desire to help sinners who have lost their innocence to vice, even if the temptations of their world test his vow not to lose his moral compass. Again. As apprentice to London's most notorious whipping governess, Alice Hall is on the cusp of abandoning her quiet rural roots for the city's swirl of provocative ideas and pleasures until a family tragedy upends her dreams and leaves her desperate to get home. When the handsome, pious Lord Lieutenant or that up to this point, Alice has not participated in that except from an observing capacity yeah. is really massive to I, I agree. plot. And I think the fact that I ultimately would argue from reading this book that had she even once been a sex worker herself, I don't think he falls for her. And I don't think this book happens. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I really don't know. I hadn't thought about it. I will say there's the, there is another part where he says, if the temptations of the world test his vow not to lose his moral compass again, it's very, that's also very misleading. Yes. Which, I, the, what they're referring to is the fact that he got a little too into, like, um, fire and brimstone. Offers her a ride despite the coming blizzard. She knows he, she is her best chance to reach her ailing mother, even if she doesn't trust him. He has the power to destroy her. She has the power to undo him. As they struggle to travel in the snow-swept countryside, they find their suspicion of each other thawing into a longing that leaves them both shaken. Alice stirs Henry's deepest fantasies, and he awakens parts of her she thought she'd forsworn years ago. But Henry is considering new regulations that threaten the people Alice holds dear, and association with, with a woman like Alice would threaten Henry's reputation if he allowed himself to get too close. Is falling for the wrong person a test of faith or a chance at unimagined grace? I mean, it's not, it's, it, I think it actually gives you a pretty good, pretty good idea of what you're going to get. And probably. There is one thing that I find incredibly misleading and I do mm-hmm. think is incredibly important to the plot. 
she herself is not yet working in the service of pleasure. She is not a prostitute. She has been working as an, a maid, a housekeeper, basically, in the body house. She has aspirations of becoming like her mistress. Was writing like really over the top, provocative, scandal mongering gossip sheets, basically. They're not referring to a sexual fall. He was determined not to allow his father to support him, Drope. And in doing so, took up an occupation writing for a Christian magazine. Before we dive in even further, this week our random number was 11. Meg, what is your 11-word summary? Work reports are sexy when the editor is your fantasy incarnate. Okay, and mine. Fleabag did it better, but this version could not be worse. I'll say we got a really great example of Gentleman Jackson's Get Fit Workout for the Lord okay, Lieutenant of the Lord. This is I'm sorry, this is amazing because not only does he actually do this workout, he like writes it down. It reminded me of um, Mark Wahlberg. This is what he wrote, and then people reported on it like it was real. Normal schedule: 2:30 a.m. wake up, 2:45 a.m. prayer time, 3:15 a.m. breakfast number one, steel oats, peanut butter, blueberries, and eggs. 3:40 to 5:15 a.m. workout one, 5:30 a.m. breakfast two, 6 a.m. shower, 7:30 golf, 8 a.m. snack, 10 turkey meatballs. <laughs> and you've got Henry. So what is what is his get fit workout plan? Run one mile before breakfast, five miles after dinner, then. Do as many push-ups as you can before moving on to sit-ups. Really, just do anything you can to keep your hands out of your pants. Right, like if he wakes up with a raging heart on, he just does push-ups until it goes away. Let's talk about his description. Big, hulking, minister, red hair, green eyes. Done. Yeah. With a big dick he's embarrassed of because he was made fun of it for it as a child. (laughs) I loved it. All right, this book has a lot of tropes, Meg. It's getting cold out here, so let's take off all our clothes. One of my favorite tropes. They don't take off all their clothes, unfortunately, but they put, they have to share a cloak. While being fully dressed underneath. Yeah, but Henry, look, I just read to you Henry's workout to keep from, like, his hands out of his pants. Like, he... This just the fact that he's fully clothed next to a woman under a clo- under a cloak is enough. That's all I will say. I'm just gonna say it's not enough, but keep going. It was, it's not for Henry is what I'm saying. Obviously, not enough for Elaine. Okay, um, this is one of my favorite tropes, guys. So um, I'm a sucker for it. All right, next one: uh, hidden identity at a house party. Yeah, so it's not so much a house party. As we've mentioned, well, so so as the summary mentions, Alice works at the Whipping House. Henry has been doing research at said Whipping House in preparation for a report that he'll be writing for the House of Lords recommending reforms for prostitution. And basically his moral dilemma is, do I recommend we punish the sinners participating in such vices Or do we regulate a system that is bound to exist because people are people and we make it as safe as possible? Yeah. So very very much like a needle exchange kind of kind of debate. Right. So he's returned to the body house after leaving in a rush the last time he'd been there because he was so turned on by Alice talking to him in the fake church room. I can't. And because he lost his journal. 
in flight. And so he's there looking for his journal. Lady Elena, Mistress Elena, whatever, is like, oh, my God, I don't have it. But as Elena is telling him this, Alice runs into the room crying because she just gets a letter saying her mom's had a heart attack and is going to die imminently. And Henry's like, oh, my God, we're from, like, the same county. I will take you home. What a kawinky dink. What a kawinky dink. And, of course, he's hired this really elegant, open carriage to impress his father. His father never even sees the carriage. Spoiler alert, it's completely irrelevant. But it does a very poor job of protecting them from the elements. It snows a lot on the way home. Basically, he has to take her to his family house because they can't make it to hers. But he doesn't want to tell his dad, hey, picked up this lady at the brothel where I'm writing my report. So she's a member of my congregation. She's deaf a widow. So it's not immoral that we've even been in this carriage together. Mm -hmm. Respect her. Yep. So, so yeah, which also brings up next trip, which is whose journal could this be? Oh, yeah, because FYI, Alice has it. And for some reason, she thinks it's a book. Yeah. She took it for her light travel reading. Yeah. Look, she was over overcome with grief. She just grabbed a book. She continues to think it's just a book after reading several pages of what is clearly a man's journal. Yeah. It, 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 I've liked this book, so it didn't bug me. I mean, look, I'm just going to be honest. Didn't, didn't bother me. I liked it. Mommy and daddy issues. They both have them. Yeah. So he's got daddy issues. She's got mommy issues. Mm -hmm. She has, she has a dead dad. He is a mom who seems very nice, but his dad treats him like shit for reasons that you're given, but do not seem good enough. I mean, some people are like that, so. Yeah. And her mom loves her, but is, like, manipulative and wants her to be someone she's not. Also, I don't have a mom like that, thank God, but I know people who do, so. I thought her mom was, like, decently characterized, and her Mm -hmm. motivations, while, like, wrong, were complex and, like, character that made sense. His dad was kind of just textbook one-dimensional villain to me. Yeah, I mean, he definitely wasn't, like, a fleshed-out character. Yeah. But uh, that didn't, I don't know. It's not going to, in a book I like, it won't bother me. That was not in any way, shape, or form my biggest complaint. I'm just saying, given the degree of vitriol yeah. that the father had for his son, I was hoping for a bit more fleshing out of their previous conflicts and not yeah. just Henry, rather than becoming the priest his father wanted him to be became lord lieutenant as a clergyman like yes well i mean the whole thing is so henry is a baptist so he's he's not excuse me excuse me he's a methodist so he's not (laughs) he's not church of england anymore which is i mean a big deal so right but it's not presented as a change of religion it's presented as the problem was his father paid for him to be in a position of power within england through the clergy Right, right. So because um, Henry has left the formal clergy, so he can't right. make a living anymore as a vicar or as a... But now he's in Parliament working on religion and, and has obtained power another way. I don't know. I yeah. thought it was... I, I actually would have understood it more if the conflict had been religious differences. Yeah, no, that I... that clearly I, wasn't the conflict. Yeah. Um, we do have a trope reversal. So we do have a near-death experience, but it is 
Henry doesn't even know about it actually until it's like way, way, way over. So it's yeah. all Alice who gets has the near death experience and has a reversal of emotions or Which realization off because she was right. And yeah. I didn't think she had any real near that experience to change her mind. I, I felt Alice was a really weak character and her inability to stick to her convictions is one of the things that enraged me the most in this book. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say in this couple, I was attracted to Henry. Um, I was not attracted to the couple as a couple. I liked Henry as a character a lot. Okay. Um, she, she at one point has a lot of emotions and they overwhelm her. Um, and so she feels stifled. So clearly she must run outside. I love it. This trope is so much fun, isn't it? Poorly dressed for the elements. And of course he sees her and he's immediately concerned. So he must also run outside poorly dressed for the elements. Look, this trope is not the originator, but I mean, this trope goes way back. Like think about sense and sensibility and Marianne yeah. is like, I'm walking the moors because blah, blah, blah. And, and Dabolity finds her. Oh, feel too much. much. And this literal ceiling is confining me. Yep. Yep. Um, so that one's fun. Uh, you've got tiny lady, huge dude. We've already mentioned he's hulking, but she is uber teeny. Cool. Um, I like to call this trope Schrodinger's dead parent. And it makes sense, right? A lot of what Megan and I read are historicals. So the second you leave your home and start traveling to a location, correspondence on the road is pretty much not going to exist. So she's rushing home to try to make it before her mom dies. Yeah. But the whole first half of the book, because they're en route, she doesn't know whether her mother's alive or dead. Yeah. And then when they get there, the ruse continues because her sisters don't want to let her into her mother's bedroom. And so Schrodinger's dead parent. I kind of like it. I never yeah. thought of it like that before, but it is a trope. My gosh. It's a, and, it, I see it a bunch. And it makes sense, right, contextually. Like, there's no cell phones. There's no texting. There's no... You can't address it to the inn you think they'll stop at that night because you, you have such a small window to pass post. Yeah. So I'm not criticizing it, but yeah. – um, and in this case, you also have with both of them, as we mentioned, she is, you know, a, a, assuming a fake identity at a house party, but in that they fail to get the details of their lie straight. Of course. They didn't discuss anything about it beforehand either, which – so, and well, and this is like this is like a huge. It's a huge thing for both of them is like being honest, right? Because Henry wants to follow the word of the Lord and not mislead anyone, and Alice refuses to be ashamed of working in a sex house, sex house, a brothel, sex and, house. You know, one of those, one of those things. Big sex in a sex house. Yeah. To build up <laughs> oh my god. I'm losing I'm losing all of my English words here. Um it, but neither of them are like both of them end up lying about certain things and neither of them are very good at it. No, and they both they both like have their own code of conduct. We talk a lot about honor on this podcast because so often that's an attribute especially of heroes and they both really do have their own code of honor that they try very hard to adhere to. They are very different codes. Yeah. So like I said, I didn't like book one. Lane hated book one. I thought book two improved, still didn't really love it. Lane didn't even read it. Um, I had my expectations going to this book were not high. Um, I loved it. But that said, there were some major editing issues. Like these should have been caught. 
There were sentence fragments. There were missing commas. There were missing words. Like there were major issues. There was a continuity er error like later in the book that I was like, really? So yeah, it was hard to read actually. Like some of the paragraphs should have been several paragraphs and ran on and the punctuation made it very difficult to tell where one idea ended. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a slog beyond my like opinions about the text itself. Mm -hmm. It was poorly edited. Yeah, I mean, and this is an this is an editor thing. This is not something that I'm calling Peckham on because you can write a book and you need it to be edited. Especially someone who's kind of make she's like a big name right now in the romance world, you know? Like get her an editor. God, why? Okay. I mean, well, I think we'll talk about that later because I have theories. Okay. Um while we're on board things, maybe sort of a trigger warning. This I did not put this under offensiveness. I put it under word things um peckham uses the c word uh and it's used like a lot i don't i don't have a major issue with it if it's used as like this is a body part you know and that's the only context it's used in here but this goes into issue the my issue with the editor i do not think henry would ever say this word or even think this word like i truly don't think his character would would ever think that word I agree with you. And also, I would state that the use of quim Mm -hmm. as a synonym in this context was bizarre and jarring. Also, because half the book, the the first half of the book, they just use a C word. And then the second half of the book, they add quim. And I'm like, okay, like this again, this could have been caught by an editor. And Henry could have been thinking Q word all along. Whereas Alice was thinking C word all along. And that would have made way more sense for yep. most of their characters exactly yeah uh, and then my final word thing henry's conscience talks to him throughout the book i hate it when consciences are characters no hate this it. is this is not your his inner goddess <laughs> okay so his conscience doesn't make do flips or fan himself with them with a magazine there's no like 50 shades of gray inner goddess here i thought i was gonna hate it like i i started reading it and i was like oh my god these parentheticals are killing me but i actually ended up not hating it i you know appreciated that it made a stylistic difference between henry and alice and i thought it highlighted henry's cognitive dissonance because in the first two books um I well, can't speak to the second because I never read it. <laughs> he was a major character in the second book. Uh, and I feel that he was not the same character. I don't think that the character as presented in the first two books would have had the interior life that Henry in this book did. So basically, I don't recommend book one or two, but I would say just read three and enjoy it. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I, can't, I, can't, I don't remember him from the first book at all. That's all I'll say. Yeah. He wasn't a big player in the first, was he? No, no. I think, yeah, I he, think so. He was the one who was um, threatening to expose Charlotte Street. It was like a very minor subplot. Right. Like cont- I remember kind of that being a plot point, but I don't really remember the person behind it. Like he was there doing a little bit of like on the spot investigating or something like that. Okay. That was it. <clears throat> so okay. not not very much at all in the first book. All right, so let's talk about Henry being a minister. This is not yeah. like one of my kinks. It's not something that I'm like super into or that I want to read. 
I, is, yeah. This is Lane. It is one of mine. Which is basically how I talked her into reading this book. For me, if you are going to have a minister as the main character in a book, he has to be um, exceptional. And I felt that way about Henry. What do you mean by that? So what I mean is that he was really hard on himself, but very compassionate with others. In other words, he was being like Christ-like and not hypocritical, which I really appreciated. That was like a big, that's a big thing for me. A big thing for me is, is people being hypocritical. So if he had, for example, if he had, um, if he actually had had a sexual lapse, like they imply, uh, it really would have bugged me a lot. But I felt that um, it didn't. And also like later in the book, he does hook up with Alice. I mean, this is a romance novel. He hooks up with Alice and they don't, they don't go all the way. Okay. There's no penetrative sex. Um, but he in no he's not like a, you know, doesn't argue about what the definition of sex is. He's like, we had sexual Congress, you know? So to me, I was like, okay, yeah, he's not like, he's not being like, well, we, we didn't, we didn't do this. So we didn't actually have sex and we didn't go all the way. So it's fine with my religiosity. No, he was like, he assumed the fact that, no, I did this and this was sex. So that was important to me. Okay. Um, I also like that he wasn't part of the nobility. Okay, I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. Especially as a priest, I'm glad mm-hmm. that he was not like a ninth son who ran off to the church. Yes. And, and basically, I liked that he didn't end up changing his fundamental beliefs, but he was able to make a compromise at the end. You know what? Maybe an actual Christian would like hate this book. I I liked that he was able to keep this like higher mission or higher ethics or ideals in mind while also saying, well, in the practical world, this is how we want to implement things. So really it was a render unto Caesar, the things which are Caesar's unto God, the things that are God's. And I thought it fit with his character. So I guess I just really liked his character and I thought that he was consistent and I appreciated it. Okay. Also, you know, I love virgin heroes and Henry is the most virginal of all virgin heroes ever. That is true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he like won't even touch himself when he's alone. Mm-hmm. Because sin, I don't know. Look, I, think- I, I, I don't know. It's like, I, it's like, that's my thing, I guess. Here's my problem, I think, with Henry. Mm-hmm. His characterization, characterization was consistent. I'll give you that. Um, and I do think he did a good job of adhering to his own moral philosophy. I think what I struggle with is reading an entire book that's about a crisis of faith where the individual bends just enough to question the morality of imposing that religious faith in law without questioning at all religious institutions and why they ask these things of people. Mm-hmm. 
I find that to be cognitively dissonant and incredibly frustrating, and it prevents me from finding his character attractive. There, there are parts, especially at the beginning, where I was, I was very turned off by Henry. So when he sees that Alice is really upset, he's like, well, let's pray together. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, I'll just pray in my head for you. And I was like, oh, gross. Like, Except please don't do that. Literally later that same night, he hears her crying and he just starts praying at her through the wall. Even yep. though she'd asked him not to. Except Alice, as an inconsistent character, is like, okay, right now it's nice. Yeah. Hated it. Yeah. Um, I just want to put out there, um, it, I talked about that a lot in my notes because yeah. I found his, like we talk a lot about in sex consent is important. Right. And it mm-hmm. seems like in religion inherently consent isn't important. That's the entire point of evangelizing. Right. And so the fact that he's essentially evangelizing her through this whole book pissed me off because it's also, yeah. it's not viewed as problematic. It's viewed as like him knowing her better than she knows herself type thing. Like, yeah. she really wants to be saved. And it's I don't care whether she does or not. She says, no, don't do this. It's offensive to me. I don't want you saving me. He consistently ignores her, forces his faith upon her, and it's, like, viewed as a good thing. Yeah, I didn't – so I didn't see it that way, obviously, because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the issue the issue is – uh, Alice had a bad experience with her faith, but she didn't give it up. So she's one of those. I'm. I'm not. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual people. Yeah. So she's rejected the church, but not God. Right. Which is also why I found her anti-prayer sentiment so bizarre. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Lane hated his kink, but. Honestly, the depiction of it was so much better than in The Duke I Tempted. And the reason I feel that is because in The Duke I Tempted, this is something that um, Archer had accepted about himself um, and thought it was important and a good part of his life and blah, blah, blah. But he was lying about it and then sort of drawing his wife in to participate in it without telling her about it. Remember? Unfortunately. Yeah. And in, in here, he it takes him a long time to recognize that it is like a kink, and he's ashamed of it. So it makes sense that he wouldn't like share it with people. Uh, and then when he does eventually accept what it is and sort of go through with the the foot washing, which Lane hated, it was with the full consent of everyone involved. Yeah, but please explain to me how that happens non consensually. I mean, that would be a lot. I guess you could. Well, I guess it would be like if he liked it and he just went to get a pedicure, but didn't tell the pedicure person. Right. But he he couldn't trick his he couldn't trick Alice into it. No, no, he couldn't trick Alice into it. And that's the thing with Henry, too, is he's not going to participate in this with someone that he's not in love with, basically. Like he recognizes. That's the other thing. He recognizes this is a sexual thing. Regardless of the fact that, okay, if she's just washing my feet, it is still sexual. Mm-hmm. So it's turning me on. I'm not going to do that with someone that I don't have an emotional connection with. What does Archer do? He goes and, like, gets whipped. He, like, literally cheats on his wife. And he's like, no, 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 no. It wasn't cheating because we didn't have sex. So that's the other thing is I was like, no. Hen- like, Henry would never do that. Okay. I mean, 
if what you need me to say is Henry is a better person than Archer, you have it. Uh, like, clearly. Uh, that's not my problem with this book. <laughs> but basically, I think what I liked so much about this book and what I felt was that Peckham actually treated his religious faith very respectfully. You, you're right. Maybe she didn't treat Alice's non-faith as respectfully. On the other hand, I don't think Alice could have been with him if she was like an atheist and didn't believe in God and didn't believe in prayer. I, right, I do like, wish I, it had come out in a different way. Yeah, I, I don't think fundamentally what I like about priest books, like I said, is, is crises of faith. And this wasn't one. This no, was not a really. This of how you apply faith to governance. How do I apply this faith? Yes. And yep. that is just, to me, I think that's exactly it. I don't think Alice, I think you're right. Alice had faith, but I think I would have liked this book a lot more if I felt like a lack of religiousness wasn't treated as something to be overcome. That bothered me. I also want to state that I particularly hated, so I don't think this is much of a spoiler. They end up together. And clearly because he is a devout man for whom sexual acts mean so much and should only be performed in love, if not marital Congress. When he finally caves and comes to her to admit his feelings, what he says is, I want you to be mine. She's like, fuck yes, let's have sex. And then the next morning, he's like, we're getting married. You agreed. I said, be mine. That meant forever. When we're wed, this will be taken care of. Question. Did you have any sense that that was a proposal? No, and I don't think you're supposed to. I have a hard time believing that a man who sermonizes and evangelizes and writes for a living and to the degree he does in his own thoughts for whom two people, two people for whom clarity of communication has been what's brought them together. The fact that like that conversation was such a cop out felt very inauthentic for his character and hers. It was actually we this should have been in tropes. Because how many times is it the, you know, well, that I meant that we were getting married when I said, be mine tonight. (laughs) And like, sometimes it doesn't bother me if it feels consistent with the characters. Both of these characters are incredibly articulate and their conversations about real things are the cornerstone of their relationship. I find it very hard to believe he thought be mine was a full expression of his feelings for her. And I find it very hard to believe that she would have thought he would come to her without bigger intent. Well, that's the thing too, is I, I I thought this was more of Alice being dumb than of Henry having issues because Henry was, he came to talk to her and then he, he actually finds her in a quite compromising position. So I could see him being a little flustered. I still, I still think his next morning, well, clearly that was a bigger articulation well, of my beliefs. It was not consistent characterization. Said, yeah, maybe, maybe I, you know, I didn't come across as, as, as clearly as I should have. I just think they both didn't come off great in that whole thing. Yeah. We've been bordering on offensive, uh, on offensiveness most of the time, just because Lane, I think, was offended by the book. But for me, my issue with this book is the same as basically my issue with the series and that is the depiction of prostitution or of sex work. Yep. 
Henry's writing about prostitution as a whole. So he's talking about both the good um, places, like Mistress Briarly's place, right? Mm -hmm. But he's also talking about the bad places where women are forced to be, or the women who just have to go out on the street and do it because they make more money selling their bodies than by going to work in a factory and ruining their eyesight. Like this is right. literally brought up in the text. This is literally written in the text. So he's talking about both here. And they're treated more like the same thing. It, there is always an element of power and control when you go into a paid sexual encounter. Um, and that was not that was not really talked about at all in this, in book. this whole series. Major 100%. issue. Like the degree to which sex work more than other industries becomes a power play absolutely needs to be discussed and wasn't here but my bigger problem with it was like the eroticization of sex work mm-hmm. as like the way they call themselves artisans yes yes as if it's like some higher plane not it'd be one thing if it was it felt like it was being revered because it was safer yeah and more consensual yes. but it's like this it almost felt like there was a hierarchy of prostitution Yes. In terms of like the morality of the prostitutes themselves. Yes. And I had a problem with that. And I understand that Alice tried to talk about how like even Alice was at Mr. Sparley's to begin with because she had to put food on the table and it was the best way to get money and like fine. But I didn't like the implication that there was something deficient about the people who weren't at places like Mr. Spryerly's. And I felt like that really came through. Yeah. Well, and then also to me, there was this big issue because she talks about how she wants to be a governess. Yeah. Especially because you learn in the text what she actually wants us to be a composer. Like, the yes. fuck? And how do you also, think that working in a brothel is going to get you closer to that actual dream? And okay. also, that said, if this was her dream to be a governess, then why the fuck did she marry Henry? Because I'm, I, it was not explicitly stated in the text, but I am assuming that she is not going to continue with her career as a governess. I think you were supposed to read her accepting the offer from Lady whatever Althorpe mm-hmm. to compose mm-hmm. Althorpe to compose her opera as evidence that she had gotten an offer for her long-term dream. Right. So she was not going to continue being a governess because the whole point of being a governess was to eventually get her enough money to become a composer. Yeah. This was a crazy bullshit plan that makes no sense. But, also, so I also, think she, but I think what Peckham's trying to do is put into the text this idea that she didn't give up governessing for Harry. She gave it up because she got a different career. And I'm sorry, while I appreciate Henry's come to Jesus revelation that you can't impose your worldview on other people, I don't think a man who wouldn't have penetrative sex with the woman he was in love and exclusive with until literally a priest had signed a piece of paper would be cool with his wife touching other dudes' penises. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I agree with you that I think it would have been a stronger text if she actually did work as a prostitute. And then married Prior to meeting him. Prior to married, meeting him. Prior to, not after composer right yeah 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 100 yeah um sexiness personally i found i thought that for a book with almost no penis and vagina sex it was very sexy that's what i thought 
I'm trying to view this objectively because I found both of these characters repugnant and not sexy. And we've talked about this before. It doesn't really matter how like hot the individual sex scenes are if you're not interested in the people having them. I mean, this is very true. It's very true. If you like unresolved sexual encounters and like people depriving themselves of and find that like as your kink there's a lot of that in this book and it's a lot of really explicit that it's very explicit it's extremely explicit counterpoint big toe is the least erotic phrase in the english language i will say that that scene was zero percent sexy in for me i don't share people's kinks i mean Sometimes I, sh- I guess I guess I guess sometimes I do, but if I don't, then usually reading about it is not. Virgins. Yeah, he's a virgin. He's like <laughs> a real virgin. He's like a virgin virgin. So I liked that a lot. I'm, I was trying to point out your kinks. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but he is a virgin. <laughs> he is a virgin. Yeah. Um. For a long time. <laughs> His whole life. <laughs> His whole life until they get married. I will say, biggest disappointment of this book is that their wedding night was not fleshed out. And I use that those words deliberately. Yeah. And I get that if it had been really fleshed out, you and I would be sitting here like unrealistic depictions of virgins first time. But it was the first sex scene that didn't piss me off, and it was half a page. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think that your level of acceptance for minister for evangelical ministers is going to determine whether or not you like this book. I also do want to say we didn't talk about Alice like at all. She was she was very much a um, uh, foil for Henry. Yeah, like she was there to challenge him, but not too much. Yeah. So, I mean, Henry is like this super evangelical virgin Christian. Alice is a foil for him. He's supposed to be um, evangelizing his faith. She is supposed to be evangelizing how sex positivity sex work is I don't know um and it works because he does write a report that's that is in favor of like making a sex guild and stuff like that sex guild <laughs> sex worker guild prostitute guild I don't know what it's uh. anyway um which he then gets ostracized for and etc cetera, etc cetera. but um that's about as far as her character goes so, so basically, I do think Scarlett Peckham tries to engage with these philosophical ideas, and that's where she falls down for me. Because I, I like the rest of the book. I will never read Scarlett Peckham again. I, I find her interesting enough that I do want to see how she's engaging with these ideas. Also because she is a rising star in the the romance world. And that's very interesting to me. So anyway. Um, I don't recommend this book. 
I hope that you like listening to our podcast as much as I liked this book. Cool. If you're enjoying hearing Megan and I disagree about stuff, which apparently a lot of you are, please rate, review, and subscribe.